All righty. So why don't you give us a, a little uh, intro of what you want to talk about at first, and then uh, and we'll have a little conversation around that subject, and then we'll just move into open conversation, just kind of open it up for whatever. Perfect. First of all, hi, Rachel. <laughs> Hello, my dear. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, yeah, I'm so happy to have you on here. This is great. Like, uh, just it's like a reunion. That's what it feels like. <laughs> it does. Um. <clears throat> all right. So I'm not sure how many of the people that are on the call tonight were on last week, but one of the things we wrapped up with was engaging with people, you know, at 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 their level, meeting them where they're at, and having conversations about the ideologies that they're they're involved in and the um sorry i got a whiny dog here <clears throat> and the uh potential issues that may come up with those ideologies like you know the anti-racist movement being one of the most racist movements on the planet at the moment you know the oxymoronic nature or the contradictory nature of some of these ideologies and <clears throat> Perfectly enough, I had an experience yesterday, which I'm not going to go into too much detail about. But what I what I found is I was engaging with somebody that was more or less. My experience was that they were 100% committed to their ideology, and and even more than the ideology, the the people that are giving them information and what they currently believe. It was as if they were not open to changing their mind at all. And in fact, that was almost a direct quote of what this person had said is, I'm not open to changing my mind about um, politics, about um, masks, about coronavirus, about vaccines, about any of that stuff that's you know been at the top of the conversation for a lot of people in the last year. And so... <clears throat> I want to start by asking if anybody else has had an experience like that over the last week in engaging with people to, to see if anyone else has had uh, an experience where the person was not open at all and in, 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 real, in reality was more so viciously defending their position as, as if it was under attack by new information or, or anything like that. Does anybody have an experience they want to talk into? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Yep. Hi, my name is Charles. I've been following y'all for a few weeks. And uh, Brandon, I want to say thanks for the invite. Surely appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, well, I'm not going to go too deep, but I've been studying and training in, in three different schools of thought and trying to diversify in each greatly. And my three areas of, of teachings are the natural, the spiritual, and the commercial. And speaking of people rejecting, <laughs> I mean, my almost almost everybody I run into, my entire family, any anything and everything that goes against the grain, that goes against common beliefs and the indoctrination that has been mass produced is looked upon as foreign and and very much like an enemy 
And so just, you know, not, not going too deep, but just wanted to tell you, I face it from every single possible angle on, on all of my teachings. Um, and then there's the, the, the one area that took me a while to understand is although there's my three teachings, there's more than that. And I, and I, and I couldn't grasp it at first, but the reason for there being more than that is because other people's perceptions and other people's thoughts and other people's ideas that they come from their belief system is important to them and their truth, uh, not just my own. So but anyway, I just wanted to voice that. That's great. Let me, let me ask you, um, what have you done when you meet that type of resistance? It honestly depends on which, which area it is during during my walk you know if it's if it's talking about like health you know veganism i'm i'm a um all for plant-based diet uh being rejected from every angle i mean it's just it's kind of tough it took my family two and a half years before they didn't think i was going to die from (laughs) some malnourished you know deficiency or something um but when it comes to to the commercial realm and brandon you're an excellent teacher, man. When it comes to the commercial realm uh, and contracts, I've noticed it's much easier to to convey stuff through the the verbal uh, ex- as opposed to the memorialization of contracts. When it comes to um, trying to teach things, it's 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 much easier to show people that you can draw a line in the sand. That people uh, and 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 judges and cops that uh, you know the republic in my mind is still there. It just has to be invoked. Um, but when it comes to the spiritual, it's, it's very. It keeps getting more limited uh, uh, on my on my teachings. When it comes to spiritual, very very few people are uh, receptive to try to to comprehend uh, some of the things that I know or know of. Should I say? Man, I hope you join the after hours conversation. That's when we get into all that good stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Charles. Good to meet you as well. Uh, does anybody else have an experience they want to speak into? So, so I, I, I just have uh, thoughts about looking at myself in in that conversation, and I just really like to see when I see that happening and see somebody that's so set in their ways and and has their belief systems and their ideologies that they're running with, I really make it a point to, to, to look at myself and make sure that I'm not doing the same thing and furthering their position by, by staying on my position. And and I think that really gives a lot to what you were talking about last week, or maybe it was the week before about just the, the maybe you know, as a, as an answer, well, maybe, maybe not, you know, just to kind of leave that as an, as an opening for, for further thought in the future. That's awesome, Brad. Man, can I just echo that? Because I love that. Maybe that's my answer. That's my go-to. Like I just got caught in a conversation. So my wife is actually getting fired for not getting the coronavirus. It's mandatory at her place of work. I work at a public school. Hold on. Hold on. It's mandatory to get the virus. 
to get the vaccine. Not the, not the virus. Apparently it is because we got hot. We got cases every fucking week, it seems like. So maybe there's some sort of unspoken requirement to get sick that I don't know about. Actually, actually if you get COVID, COVID, you're not you're allowed, not allowed to, get to get the vaccine, vaccine because you could have adverse reaction. There, yes. So there's a whole bunch of stuff. But it's, I would go to a COVID party. And then right. So without getting too much into you know the politics that I see at play, and just how two different organizations that are both, let's call them progressive left-wing organizations, you know, politically leaning that both my wife and I work at, but just to see how both of them are handling it differently. You know, my wife's organization, they're firing people. Like, you either get it or not. If you're not going to get it, then you're out of the lines. You're not on the bus with, you're not, you know, on the same path that we're all on. So you got to go find somewhere else to go. So that's what we're doing. But my company is encouraging it very strongly, but there's no mandatory requirement. And I've had this position that given the political climate, we should keep our fucking mouth shut. <laughs> like these are turmoil times. Like everybody is crazy about everything. So what we've been doing is just keeping our mouth shut. So it's not anybody else's business what my political affiliation is. It's not anybody else's business what I believe spiritually or philosophically. So we've been kind of keeping our mouth shut in a lot of ways. And it's paid off to some extent, but I got caught opening my mouth just yesterday or Friday. Somebody else had mentioned that they were unsure about getting the vaccine. And as soon as I sensed their doubt, I was like, oh, yeah, really? Tell me all about it. <laughs> and I jumped in to just kind of like a fucking shark, you know, smelling blood in the water. Because I knew that the company's agenda was everybody needs to get this vaccine. And now somebody else, because I've been silent about my objection. I haven't said a word. I don't answer the emails. I don't jump on the calls. I'm not registering. They send all kinds of information almost every day. We get something. But I've just kind of ignored it and played it off like I'm too busy to pay attention to that. But when I started you know, hearing other people, other staff members talk about their skepticism, I just jumped in and asked a few questions. I was like... I don't understand the big push since, according to Moderna and Pfizer, it doesn't reduce the possibility of transmission. It doesn't stop transmission at all. So I don't understand how anybody could claim that you're putting anybody else's life at risk if you choose to not get this. And the principal and the executive you know, for the district happened to overhear me, and I heard what they said. First, they didn't acknowledge the merit of whatever point I made, which was it doesn't reduce the possibility of transmission. So you can get this vaccine. You still got to wear a mask. You still got to social distance. Nothing changes. And you're not putting anybody's life at risk at all if you decide not to get it. Like, that's an illogical argument. If you choose not to get it, don't get it. Like, that's your choice. And you shouldn't feel guilty about it. That's basically my point. Well, it got overheard by, you know, some of the bigwigs at the – at the organization and just what they said, what I thought was interesting. They didn't dispute the fact that I just proposed. Instead, they side skirted it and said, yeah, I get that, but we're still encouraging everyone to get the vaccine because then we don't have to quarantine as long. Like, because then that if X amount of people have the vaccine within the organization, then we get a lower quarantine I mean, it was illogical on its face, but she didn't realize that. She had no idea that 
what she was saying didn't make logical sense. You know, the entire ideology that she's that she's backing, this whole organization is is stepping behind and pushing forward, doesn't make any logical sense. And they can't see it, even if you point it to them. Like it, nobody sees it. And that's what I find interesting and difficult to to really navigate. Because I'm not here to teach, I'm not here to tell this organization what they're doing wrong and what they should be doing. That's not my job. But on a one-to-one human being to human being conversation level, like I feel like I can reason with people pretty well, but in this particular case, and I feel like in this particular era of our, of our existence, you know, 2020, 20, pretty much 2017 to present day, people are more and more irrational and more and more uh, sucked into an ideology. And it's hard to reason with, because people aren't being reasonable. So Matt, I got a couple of things that I want to speak into from from what you were saying there. One of which it sounds to me like they're your superiors or the people running that company are more interested in keeping the company moving than the health aspects of it. One hundred percent. And then also, I, I just really wanted to say too that. You know, I know you're saying that you'd like to keep it to yourself and and not speak up, but it kind of goes along with the whole mask mandate thing. And and when I go to the grocery store, I I have hardly worn a mask at all throughout this whole thing because I just thought it was absurd. And when I go to the grocery store, I appreciate seeing other smiling faces, and I know that people appreciate seeing my face. And you know, we're kind of all in this together, so. I think it's good to speak up, even if you just plant that seed of maybe, you know, and and not saying that you got to go and jump up and down and put your job at risk or anything, but it, it's good to just express yourself because you can plant seeds. I 100% agree. I'll, I'll uh, respond and then I'll shut up and let everybody else kind of speak. But I 100% agree. There, there's a time to be principled and there's a time to, to speak up and be a stand for what you what you believe in. And then I think there's a time to take a step back and see what's unfolding in front of you before you make a positive decision one way or the other about anything. Masks, I mean, for me and, and for our family, we've personally made the choice. Like, it is kind of ridiculous. I There's a ridiculous, the shutting down the whole global economy is ridiculous. I'm not, I don't think COVID is really all that scary. First of all, there's, my personal preference, but also it's not unreasonable for me to wear a mask either. And in fact, I appreciate the social distance. Get the fuck away from me. Don't come to my office. Let's do a virtual meeting. Like there's some benefits there that I, that I personally appreciate just in my day to day wearing, if if wearing a mask is the, the line where I become a belligerent or not, like I'll wear a mask. Whether or not I believe it makes logical sense or not is almost irrelevant. Truth, you know, facts are on the moon. Right now, socially, it depends on where you live, too. I mean, if you go to Austin, I mean, I live in Texas. If you go to Austin and you walk into a grocery store without a mask, you're going to be ostracized. You're going to end up on Twitter. I mean, it's going to be a thing. And for what? What did you accomplish? What was the objective? You're going into protest? Like, let's make a statement, put it on YouTube? Like, what is that? really end up in other than your life destroyed like it doesn't it doesn't 
further a cause. It doesn't, I don't see how that progresses and adds value in any way other than painting you and everybody that has doubts as a belligerent. So in some cases, I feel like it's appropriate or it's most appropriate to pick and choose your battles, so to speak. So a mask, I'll take that. Sure. I'll wear a mask. You tell me I got to wear a mask. I'll wear a mask. We'll do this fucking thing. But now you're trying to stick a needle in my arm. So like, that's where I'm like drawing the line and I see how it, you know, one encroachment leads to the next and leads to the next. Where do you draw the line? That's a personal choice. I choose to draw a, a needle in my arm. Fuck you. It's not happening. <laughs> a mask, that's reasonable. You want me to wear a mask? Obviously, there's science. Like, you can, like, it's going to reduce the amount of droplets coming out of your mouth. That's almost undeniable. Sure. Fair enough. I don't eat at buffets because I've seen people sneeze all over the pizza at Little Caesars. <laughs> or CC's pizza. Like, I'm not doing that. You guys are gross. I don't need the buffets because I have a hygiene issue. If everybody wore a mask at a buffet, I'd probably eat a buffet. Like uh, other cultures have worn masks in general population way well before coronavirus. It's just a general hygiene practice. And I feel like that's something I could totally get behind. I'm not opposed to the masks, whether or not I think they're scientifically valid or not, and whether or not I agree with shutting down the economy and everything that's going on with COVID. That's another story. But the vaccine, that seems like a seems like an obvious point to draw a line, in my opinion. And not be a belligerent. You don't have to be an anti-vaxxer to see the the ridiculousness of a of a COVID vaccine mandate. It's not even FDA approved. It's only approved for emergency relief. And who do I hold liable? I can't sue anybody for long-term damages. And what data is there for long-term effects. You can't tell me the data exists. It's fucking brand new. Yeah, I guess it's a lot easier not to wear a mask when you're living in Wyoming in a rural setting. And, and you know, <laughs> Wyoming, the least populated state yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, country. And the lowest cases too, you know, but I mean, I've been around it and I've been exposed to it and yeah, I socially isolate and, and don't go out if I know that I've been exposed. You know, I'm respectful and I keep my distance from people. It's not like I want to go out and spread it. But I also believe that we need to be exposed to viruses and to germs in order to keep our immune systems healthy. And I think that, you know, to what they call it, slowing the curve or whatever, it, it was just kind of such a silly idea to extend this whole pandemic out and make people more vulnerable by depleting their immune systems. And that's kind of my bigger cause. And, and, and you're right. Like one thing leads to another. So where do you draw the line? I, and, and I totally get it that a lot of times it's just easier to put one on and not deal with all of the other shit that comes behind it. So I guess that's my thought on it. But you're right. At some point you got to draw a line, right? At some point you're like, Hey, you push me and like I've been agreeable up until this point. And I feel like that's important. One, I first I this is just kind of like a philosophy that I try to have because I'm an aggressive person. I grew up fighting, you know, like military. It's easy for me to get into a fight and get into an altercation with somebody. Like it if you're fucking up, it's a first instinct of mine to point out all the ways that you're messing up and, and say it to your face. So it's easy for me to be aggressive it's a practice of mine to, to 
try to slow down and consider the other side and to practice being, I don't want to say practice being reasonable, but that's really what it is because sometimes instinct isn't always reasonable and you don't know what's reasonable until you stop and pause for a moment. So it's easy for me to get into conflict, but it's, it's a lot harder for me to slow down and kind of wait and see what's most appropriate. It's not always the most appropriate to pick a fight with the bully in the room, even though that's obviously a bully over there. Sometimes it's most appropriate to just kind of wait and see. Is that, I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but that's kind of how I'm viewing a lot of this COVID stuff is, first of all, there's misinformation. Then you have big tech censoring information. So nobody knows anything. And then there's just the, the sheer unprecedented nature of what's going on and the fact that, that the scientific research actually doesn't exist to answer a lot of these questions. You know, it hasn't been here long enough. So anybody who's making a positive claim, this is or isn't this or that or the other, like, how do you know? Like, that's my first question is, how do you know? Because I've, I try very hard to be informed and to be researched and I don't know. So how the fuck do you know? <laughs> where you get what what you're calling me a science denier but have you read the science where what is the science that you know you're claiming is so superior and true so i think it's oftentimes a best approach to to wait to have an opinion if that makes sense because all the facts aren't out yet we still don't know what they are yet there's a there's a bunch of reason to be skeptical that's what i think You'd be surprised. And so, Matt, what, what I'm gathering from your conversation right now is you're, you're picking your battles. That's how you're responding to the, the conflict or the adherence to an ideology, the closed-mindedness. You are choosing silence because you are choosing your battles. Sometimes you might dive right into it and fight, and sometimes you just find it better to be silent. Am I hearing you right? Yeah, I would think, because there's too many battles to pick. I mean, I heard, uh, I think it was Brad talking about vegan, or maybe it was somebody else. Um, you know, like, I see people that take principled stances oftentimes, and we'll just use vegan as a general blanket, and this isn't an attack on anybody. This is just a blanket example that I've noticed in the past. People take a stance, you know, killing animals is wrong morally. So they, they now have an ideological perspective or, or stance that killing anything is, is immoral. So naturally they're vegan. But then you got a leather belt on or you're wearing shoes that like you're not being consistent in your own values and your own principles. I don't care what your value. Like, I think we need people that believe that killing animals is wrong, even though I'm going to go eat a hamburger later. I think we need some people out there that are pushing against the agro farm culture, you know, this mass slaughterhouse situation. Like, that's not my thing. I'm not going to go research everything about that and know all the ins and outs. And I'm going to go eat a cheeseburger. I'm going to be focused on something else that is, you know, important to me. And I'm going to be an advocate and a stand in those areas. We need people all over the place. But I can't pick every battle. And if you did pick every battle, you would almost certain if you were really a principled person, if you stood on every principle that you claimed, oh, my God, you would live in a cabin in the woods. 
and you would never consume anything because some sort of child labor was involved, some sort of petroleum product was involved, some sort of exploitation was involved in the production of whatever it is that you're enjoying. I don't care what it is. You can only be so principled. At some point, you have to pick and choose your battles. At some some point, point, you become a cold shit. Say that again, Brandon. Wicked feedback. I said, well, that's Matt. Matt's got his speakers on. I said, at some point, you just become a war machine if you try to if you try to fight every battle. Right? Like, yeah, dude, that's that describes me over the last fifteen years, fighting everything. <laughs> I'm like, fuck this, this ain't right, ain't doing that. Nope, can't tell me what to do. Uh, uh-uh, uh, ain't paying that ticket. Fuck you, judge. Fuck you, cop. Everybody, fuck you. You know. And then after fifteen years of that, man, you got a lot of shit to clean up. <laughs> So you guys, um, it's so it's just incredible to hear everybody's perspective. And first, Gingy, Brandon, man, it's so good to hear your voices. And thank you, uh, thank you for the invitation to be here. Thank you for having the call because it's such a cool space and a necessary space for for this kind of conversation. Um, I'm so grateful uh, that you're that you're back in service and uh, I mean just the work that you do is uh, second to none so um, that that said you know I think my experience I don't know something tells me you guys that if we get caught in the detail of all this we're going to miss the point and I'm not real sure what the point is but <clears throat> I know that we all are agents of peace I know that we are here to Oops, I'm hearing myself talk. So we're agents of peace, you guys, and we know that. And this is a time when when we're being constantly invited into conflict. And I find, I think back to the original question, Jinji, and the, the suggestion of maybe, and I, I didn't have the pleasure of being on that call, but I, I'm grateful for that invitation because I... I have taken the approach of of maybe in in probably 99.9% of my conversations. Being here in Houston, Texas, we have a ton of Republican, anti-establishment, complete right-wing. We also have some left-wing folks here. And I've really taken the invitation to talk to them, not so much talk to them, but, but listen and try to understand the different paradigms. Um, It's not time to... For me, it doesn't feel like time to invite any critical thinking. It all has to be done quite gently. And um, so I start with understanding, and I wait to see if there's an invitation in to have a conversation or if I perhaps can create one. Um, and if if not, then so be it. Then I am just the example of ease and grace, um, and maybe they... Maybe they're left with that, and maybe they're not. Maybe that is just what it is at the time. Um, so I think, Matthew, man, I, I love you, and you're so smart. And you could you could fight everybody and probably win it all. But, um, but peace, I don't know, you guys. For me, this time has been a, a real invitation into conflict that seems like if I take that bait, I will miss the bigger point and then step out of the space of being peace and love. Um, 
not blind to the fact because what you opened with in terms of the racial matters and the other social injustices is absolutely offensive to me. Um, so anyway, I, I don't have any answers. I just wanted to speak into that and really just be just say thank you, Brandon and Gingy, for having the space for us to to have this healthy conversation. Something about that just filled my heart, Rachel. Thank you. Um, you said something in there I think is profoundly important is in your, I'll call it approach, in your way of being, you choose curiosity and there's no conflict in curiosity. And in being curious, you look for the invitation to take the conversation deeper or you look to create an invitation. That's huge. I mean, I feel like I don't see that at all happening in, you know, big public conversations, especially on news channels or in my immediate life. It's, it is been primarily an invitation into conflict, which, you know, I repeatedly turned down. Like, oh, aren't you pissed off at these people? Like, well, maybe, kind of, if you are. I mean, I can see why you are. You might be. You know, that, that neutral path to me is empowering. So that's what I usually choose. But there is, I mean, there's this not just one or two or three ways to, to engage with people in this, in, on these topics. There's an infinite way to engage with these people. And choosing curiosity is not one I've heard anybody bring to the table yet. So I just wanted to point that out. Thank you. Not just the, the curiosity. I, I just quoted you in the chat too. You said you wait for an invitation. And I feel like that is powerful in and of itself. Not everybody wants to be persuaded to whatever it is. Like you don't have to convince other people. That's not your job. Sometimes the invitation is there and that's when you plant the seed and you can have some, some sort of influence, have a conversation, but just the, acknowledging that it's not always appropriate. Exactly right. You'd be surprised at what you can achieve with somebody's permission versus forcing them to swallow the pill. That, in my experience, is the difference between being aggressive, which I am. I'm naturally like, oh, let me just tell you everything that I think. Have you heard about Bitcoin yet? Like, <laughs> that's me. But they didn't ask. They didn't ask about that. So they don't want to hear what I have to say. They don't want to hear everything that I believe. Wait, wait for the invitation. And that's actually the tactic on the other side, too. I mean, you think about people wearing masks in response to COVID. That didn't happen, especially as a mandate, until the people demanded it. And for whatever reasons, um, that's, that's irrelevant. But, you know, that's, nobody is forcing anything on anybody right now. The, the point of permission continues to go up. Like you said, Matt, it's not really that big of an inconvenience to wear a mask, but the needle is where I draw the line. So what we're seeing right now is permission. There are people out there that are begging for the vaccine. You know, we, we drove by a local rec center the other day and there was a line around the block and police standing out front turning people away that didn't have an appointment already. 
And I was like, I just want to go sit in the park. And they're like, oh, okay, take that road. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's crazy to see people lining up around the corner. And I, I can almost guarantee that none of them have read the, the information. But that's not only invitation um, or permission, is what I meant to say. That's not only permission, but that's, that's like a strong invitation. That's like a, a desire. They want that. They they're <laughs> they need it in in order, in order they're begging for it exactly in order to regain some level of consistency in their life or some level of normalcy and you know that's the promise that's in this vaccine it's not saying you know we're gonna have to take this to secure the public health they're all saying finally a vaccine the thing that everybody's been talking about all years arrived and I want it I have to have it now. I don't care what it does to me. Because of normalcy. You said it. The promise of normalcy. The executive principal at my school said the exact same thing to me, except she didn't know what she was saying when she said it, <laughs> like you do. She said, if we all get the vaccine or if a large per percentage of us get the vaccine, then we can return to normalcy. Then Matt, like, and I asked her, well, who can I sue for long-term damages? And she said, nobody. It's voluntary. So I got the confirmation that they're not firing people for not getting it. They're just encouraging people to get it because the more people that get it, the less regulation and the less restrictions we'll have, and it will make operations much easier. That's just a statistical, logistical fact. Yeah. So does anybody else want to talk into uh, meeting resistance? That's what I'll call it. Any other experiences, questions, comments? I have one, Junji. Um, so taking the approach of curiosity, I will say I've never had a more opportune time to assess the hidden positions that people have. I mean, as somebody interfaces with clients, I, I'm very curious about what makes them tick, very curious about how they process deeply. Um, and this particular subject matter has afforded me the opportunity into a deeper knowing of them without me trying to just you know, without me trying to do anything, actually, it just creates a topic uh, that is an invitation for for positions. And so I get to know somebody very quickly. I don't I don't think that is what they are, but they share positions that give me insight into how they process and how they feel about things that would otherwise take years. Um, so just an invitation to consider, you know, consider curiosity as a, as a way to just understand the, the state of your union and the people around you. Um, because if you're just talking through it, if you're just positioning through it yourself, you're going to miss a pretty big opportunity to know your people. And that's all. Thank you, Chinchin. That's awesome. Um, that is something that's available to everybody in these conversations. There isn't a tremendous amount of opportunity here. 
it's not all doom and gloom. I love that. So I had this conversation. It was either last night or the night before. Um, and I love that for the most part, y'all went where I went. And, and so I love to see that, that there, that there is this understanding that because a lot of people feel like the people who approached me with the question on the call, like really their come from was, you know, how do I force my ideas on others? Now that wasn't their words, <laughs> you know, but that was the gist of what they were saying, right? They, they have their ideology and they see that other people's ideology is, is dangerous, is poisonous and is, can be destructive to the community, to our society, to themselves. And so, but they, they, they fail to see that if I stand locked in my ideology and my intention is to shift someone out of their ideology, that in reality, all you're doing is creating position, counterposition, and, and contention. So in contention, nothing happens. No bridges are built when there's contention. However, I spoke into pretty much exactly what you guys spoke into, that you know, meeting someone where they're at, you know, as like from a space of compassion and understanding and love, like I'm, I'm here to be present with you and go wherever we need to go and make an authentic connection. Because what's going to happen if, as you reach out and create these authentic connections, these meaningful substantive relationships with people. Well, when they go back into their own groups, especially a lot of these people who are possessed by these poisonous ideologies, they're going to realize when they hang out with the people who think like they think that they're all assholes, that they don't have that authentic, genuine, substantive connection that they have with you. And so that you just being with them in that way is that invitation you're talking about. Um, it's not necessarily an invitation that happens in words. It's creating connection with these people who are just lost in an ideology. However, countering or challenging their ideology isn't going to necessarily get them anywhere. And now you've become an asshole. So, Everywhere this person goes, they're just in the presence of assholes. Um, when you create that space for them to be authentic, for the, you create trust and trustworthiness so that they, they, can, they can be intimate and they can be authentic. And you're in a place of understanding and compassion, not in a place of wanting to change them, wanting to shift their mindset or anything else, but literally just there to create a meaningful relationship with them. What you'll find is that they, they feel, they feel that connection. They feel that presence that they want to be in the company of, and that will cause them to open their mind because when they go and are around the people who think like they do, if they have any, if they go into any form of introspection, they will realize that that's not a place they like to be, especially with these, these poisonous ideologies that they, if, if the people that you're meeting up with share any of these, because these people are in a place of hatred. 
They're in a place of anger. They're in a place of, of, of distrust. And so that's not, that doesn't feel good to be in that space. Now you may all, they may all be laughing with each other, you know, because the, what, again, what, regardless of what ideology you're talking about, what side of the spectrum you're speaking from, both sides do this. <clears throat> they unite in their disdain of the other, right? And, and so that's why we really have to be careful, even with the people we share ideology with, as opposed to ganging up and, and participating in a, you know, the, those over there, you know, and, and, you know, like the, the Dr. Seuss with the, with the star bellies, right? Um, we got stars on ours and they don't have stars on theirs. Um, so even in your own, even when you're around people who think the way that you think, like really being intentional and in creating that same kind of a space. So it, 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 a, uh, rather than participate in the, uh, in the act or the speech or even the thought of making other wrong or uh, or feeling disdain towards the other, you can create a space that will allow the, the, even the people who think like you to be open and more accepting. Because again, you're creating that space where it feels good to be in, you know, um, because even when you're in a group of people with, with the same ideologies or similar ideologies or, or similar mindset, if your tendency is to focus out with, you know, anger, frustration, hatred, or, or even, uh, you know, ridicule or anything like that, that that's, that's what's in your space. So even though there aren't these people who hold a different ideology or the quote unquote wrong ideology, as far as you're concerned, the space is poisoned because of where the focus of energy is at. So I invite everyone, you know, to not only be mindful and intentional with the kind of space you create with people who are possessed by some poisonous ideology, but also be mindful and intentional around the people that you share ideology with, you know, like when they start to like, Oh, you know, those crazy lefties, those crazy Democrats, those crazy Republicans, those crazy Nazis, you know, you, you take it out of that space, you know, not necessarily even challenging it, but being, creating an opening, a creating compassion, creating understanding, because we all know deep down, most human beings think that they're, they're on the right side of something, Right. They, they, they have values, whether or not they're in integrity with their values and principles is another thing. But if all we do is feed negative energy, whether it's towards someone on the outside or whether it's towards someone you're having a conversation with, that there's no bridges to be built there. There's no trust to be formed there. So that, that was that's pretty much my take on this particular conversation and, and how to approach opening others up. It, it's really not about 
saying anything because you can come with mountains of evidence and science and everything else to support whatever you, whatever your position is, but it's not going to convince anyone. What we should be focused on, what we should be intentional with is creating a space where there's love, compassion, understanding, and substance and authenticity so that we create a space that feels good to be in. And then that way people will gravitate towards you. You know, when the shit does start to hit the fan, not that it's not hitting the fan now, but let's say more shit hits more fans. Um, you're the person that even these people with these, with the opposite ideology or a poisonous ideology that they're possessed by, they're not going to want to be around the group that thinks like them, that makes them feel like shit. When more shit hits the fan, they want to be in that space where they feel trust, where they feel comfort, where they feel understood, where they feel listened to, and they're going to turn to you. And that's when the opening occurs for a conversation. And I think that's all I got on that. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I do. I wish I could like give like, I wish this was almost Instagram. So I could like heart shit as you were saying, <laughs> like I was taking notes. I was like, yes, thank you for saying that. 